This is episode 37 of the Summoning Hour with Marco from Rochester Institute of Technology. First, our musical guest is Jansen, and this is his song, Neon Blue. You can find the full album on Spotify under Jansen. J-A-N-T-Z-E-N. Stick around after the podcast to hear more of the song. Today, I am joined by short name Marco from Rochester Institute of Technology Esport Club, and he is going to do a brief introduction for himself, but I wanted to make everyone aware of that this is actually part one of two covering Rochester Institute of Technology. This podcast is going to focus more on Marco and his role, and tomorrow, or the week after, I suppose, I'm recording it tomorrow, uh, Evan and I, the director of RIT's esports, he is going to be doing a more elaborate history and uh, club-oriented podcast with us. So we get two awesome podcasts back-to-back. So take it away, Marco. Uh, So, uh, I mean, introduce myself as Marco. I'm a second year here at uh, Rochester Institute of Technology, going for game design and development, ironically. Um, Just sort of briefly get into you know how I got into esports and such. I joined uh, first year as a freshman. I joined after uh, the initial sign up for club. I actually walked in during a meeting um, first semester with some friends uh, as our sort of fourth friend of the friend group. Get gotten involved and was going to meetings was like, oh you guys should come, you know, you guys should come hang out and see what's here and such. Uh, we were all hesitant to go at first and then after like four or five weeks into the first semester. I ended up joining. Um, I spent first year sort of as more a member than an active leader role. And this year I have the position of production captain, teaching people Adobe Photoshop and Adobe Illustrator. And I also hold the position of Call of Duty manager, uh, managing two different Call of Duty teams competing in the uh, college Call of Duty League. In addition to being a student. Correct. On top of everything else going on. See, I was I was an RA and I was taking like 50, between fifteen and twenty credits the two years I was at Western Washington University, and that was too much for me. I couldn't imagine being a manager, being a, a teacher of complex software, and then still being a part of kind of general operations for the esports club. Yeah, I, it's it is a lot. Um, the the running joke with a lot of friends is I'm always in a state of burnout. I, I mean, I don't really sleep much, to be fair. I, I sleep when I can, be it between schoolwork, between esports, uh, between side projects and such. But for me, it's, it's, a, it's a thing, you know, it's passion, it's what I love. So I'm willing to sacrifice that sort of stuff just to, you know, continue to develop esports, both for IIT 
and on a personal grounds. You'll fit right into the games industry. <laughs> I, I I can tell you tell you some fun stories, but that that's for another time. Or if you're interested in game game development from where I've been. But uh, so I mean, how did you? Is art your primary, or I mean, is that your major to go through? Um, it, it's not. So so my it, it's weird, right? So I tell people I've been in esports for roughly two years, collegiate esports. But the reality is I've sort of known about the scene and dipped my feet in it on and off for the past six years. Uh, back in high school, um, I used to play soccer and such, and due to just injury after injury after injury, my body would not let me play, and I still had this thing for a competitive drive. Uh, so to sort of fill the void, I got involved with Call of Duty of all communities and found myself uh, playing as a sniper and getting involved in this hardcore community that was originally over Skype. Um, I ended up meeting a ton of people in Europe, a ton of people across the nation who I'm still friends with. Um, and it's sort of through this first four-year segment in, uh, in high school that I was a part of a team as a player, and I had to maintain some sort of content count, uh, you know, some sort of uh, clip count, as, as snipers would call it, um, you know, uh, to go ahead and remain on the team and at the time i was slacking and the leader of the team i was part of then bringing mortality approached me and you know direct messaged me and he's like uh you're slacking uh, is there anything else you can do otherwise we're gonna have to kick you and we don't want to do that so i shifted my focus then uh to learning photoshop and i transformed or like transformed in the team as a player to a designer and next thing you know, I went from designer to video editor to help edit videos for the team. And I stuck around that team for three to four years as I was in high school. Um, and it's really that skill set and such that sort of transitioned between, you know, one gaming community to esports. So when I got involved with uh, esports at RIT, it was just natural for me to pick back up where I left off. Um, I was doing, you know, creating art assets I was already familiar with and such. It was just easy for me to understand and, uh, you know, put forth whatever I could towards the club into establishing the brand that we have today and uh, creating visual pieces uh, going from high school to college. That, that's pretty cool that you're able to dedicate so much time to those skills and for a team, especially just in high school. I mean, there's so much usually going on at that time and you're kind of dipping your toes into this or that or social scenes and stuff like that, but you sounded really committed during that time. Yeah, it was, um, high, high school, thankfully for me, came easy. So I had the availability that would have been spent playing soccer um, when I was injured, just back to back to back. Instead, I filled the void with video games and I filled the void with uh, making any sort of content I could uh, to help promote what was my team at that time and the drive I had then just it, it transferred it was it worked it worked out for me <laughs> yeah totally and I mean that's kind of how it goes like it from the people that I've interviewed or just my own experiences it's just kind of like sometimes it is just luck that it worked out or just the pieces fell into place and there wasn't a whole lot of strife to get there So moving, moving to like 
how you got involved with RIT and you're doing this kind of coaching position for, or teaching position for getting more content out there. And you mentioned establishing a brand. What's that like? Are you helping drive that vision for the brand? Or like, are you dictating kind of where it goes? Or is it more of a collaborative effort at RIT? To the degree that I can, I will help, you know, sort of drive how RIT needs to look. But I, I really, so without, the only way for me to explain this is the sort of the way I fit in internally to the club structure. Um, so the first year I joined, I was a general member. I was a general member of the support team, specifically the production team. Um, and the head of production team, Ron, who I consider my older brother at this point, um, sort of took it on himself to completely brand RIT Esports into what it now is. Um, he was nonstop grinding all his art assets and such. And this year, uh, with the new roles of video captain, who uh, Stevie or Vic Sento has taken on, and myself, graphics captain, and Ron at the helm of things as production director, us three as a unit are sort of taking charge of the way we want RIT Esports to look with all its video content, with all its social media graphics. Uh, you know, the face of RIT Esports is defined sort of by us three visually. Um, so us three as a total group sort of lead the charge uh, toward how we want everything to look. We'd be the heads of production, give or take. I got you. Yeah, it's good to have that breakdown of ownership, and but still have that sense of collaboration and needing to work together to form that consistency. I know after talking to uh, Ben from LSU, uh, the social media in itself is hard enough to get it right, but to do it well as well, and visually communicating that as well, like that's that whole other step forward. What do you think has been the, the biggest challenge of providing that vision and brand for RIT? Balancing everything, by far. Um, at the end of the day, we are all still students, and we love, we absolutely love what we do. We love esports, we love uh, RIT esports, we love you know, collegiate esports, we love uh, anything esports, right? Um, trying to balance everything can be such a daunting task as it proved to be this past year and a half for us. Um, at this current point in time, I'm involved as lead designer for the College Call of Duty League. Uh, Stevie is involved as a video editor for, I believe, CSL and CR6. And Ron himself has taken on branding uh, CEA, and he works for CSL as well. So all three of us sort of have our toes dipped in individual leagues um, throughout the collegiate esports scene. Because of that, it's very hard to go ahead and assure that we're putting in the right amount of time towards our own team and teaching people uh, a part of RIT esports how to go ahead and develop their skills in Photoshop or how to go ahead and use Premiere. Uh, what makes you know what makes a video uh, intrinsically exciting to watch? Um, how to establish some sort of consistency or brand uh, between every piece of content that you put out so it doesn't just look like something newly textured every single time. Um, that's probably the biggest juggling piece that we have is dividing time appropriately, making sure all three of us are able to uh, teach people 
correctly. Um, and if one of us need to step out, uh, who else is going to, you know, fill the position or the void uh, when teaching work to somebody? Uh, that's that's by far. I mean, all college students, full-time college students first, and everything else second. Have you thought about maybe that there needs to be like another person outside that architecture or that hierarchy of basically being a producer just to make sure the time is managed well we're looking at calendars and stuff or is it just like it's just it just works flying by the seat of his hand you know the thoughts cross the mind mine individually and theirs and we've talked about it at times but we seem to do a good job at being able to balance everything um because like us us production heads we, we do far more than just work with each other inside the club at this point they're practically my family um so we spend a ton of time uh, outside esports itself uh, hanging out with one another so we have a good sense of what everyone's schedules like uh when we need to step in and such uh, how to go ahead and keep track of things we moved to a system last year where we started hardcore using trello um and organizer online to go ahead and divide a series of tasks and we added everyone in production team to that and we have them go ahead and uh, decide to take on a task that we have on our board and we keep track of what they're doing making sure you know content's being produced appropriately stepping in whenever they have questions for us helping them with program and such and it's helped tremendously as it helps us visually organize what's going on on the production side of things that are IT and where we need to be uh, every week appropriately. That's really impressive that you guys self-organized like that and now you have your whole team doing Trello. I mean, getting people to use project databases is hard enough, but getting a team behind it and having that buy-in and making sure that it all it all just works together, that's really impressive work. And it it, it never ceases to amaze me when I hear groups of students coming together to this level of organization and executing on it. I mean, RIT is one of those notable names already in collegiate esports, and it, it's kind of to, due to the effort like this. Yeah, it, it's honestly the idea to come up with this sort of organizer stemmed from what were uh, the, the greater admins in the club. Uh, Ron, being production head, uh, has one of the admin roles, and the admins themselves have a Trello board they try and keep track of for, you know, everything going on in the club at once, with all the teams we have to manage, with all the support teams that we uniquely manage, everything's student-driven. So the only way, you know, he figured uh, to make sure that all three of us and that production team was doing fine was to go ahead and take the system that they built for admins and just say, let's do the same thing, but for those who are doing, uh, you know, any sort of visual projects. And it worked out great. Absolutely. I, I do love me some Trello, so it makes absolute <laughs> sense that you guys found a, found a way to make it work and are making it work to, to success. So, I mean, congratulations. You've, you've passed a major organizational hurdle <laughs> of making sure people can know what they need to do, know what's next, and be questioned on what's going on with it if it's taken too long. So that's a huge step for sure. Now let's go ahead and flip the script. Uh, how is your Call of Duty team doing? Oh, um, 
Uh, as of as of last night, they will tell you I went full on coach mode uh, at them. Building a Call of Duty team in general was interesting. Um, they're performing well. This is actually the first week we've been able to. Both teams have been able to go ahead and scrimmage other teams in the league. Uh, finally, just because you know we were given so we were given such a short notice to try and build a Call of Duty team. And I did, because I was graphic designer and such, I went ahead and put up posters around campus. And we basically had three weeks to work with for running tryouts, figuring out how to divide teams, um, figuring out who worked well together last year. Myself and the assistant manager, who eventually become full-time manager, as I hope to step back and put forth my effort back toward production team, uh, Ben Garvey, myself and him, did everything we could to try and bring in people and uh, you know sort of build a program. And we got just enough people that we were able to build two teams and not one. Um, so over break and such, people would be scrimmaging with one another, but we'd have what we call RIT Orange and RIT Black. We'd have them uh, scrimming together whenever possible, meaning Orange never had all five on and Black never had all five on. So it was just a continual mix of people of whoever can make it during you know, this time, this day, should come on and we should scrimmage another team if we can find one and that's what was going on for the longest time uh with this most recent past week uh we finally have everyone back to school everyone knows their schedule and the teams themselves have taken it upon themselves to uh to find scrimmages against other teams and thankfully um both are completely open to learning one team is more composed of experienced players uh they sort of understand the competitive call of duty scene and the other uh not a single player has played competitive before but they're both actively open to just learning what uh you know sort of how competitive call of duty works um they're open they're coachable which is awesome it's it's amazing it makes my job 200 times easier and they also trust us managers to try and you know support them however we can because, again, we're all students, and we don't want to burn them out the same way that we're not trying to burn ourselves out, even though it generally happens. Um, so on both ends, both have been scrimmaging fine. Hmm? Or working in a perpetual state of burnout. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're, they trust us not to do that to them. And, I mean, even today, for instance, they were talking and considering scrimming, and they've been scrimming for the past three to four days nonstop. And the assistant manager and I sort of looked at each other and we were like, you guys, just go ahead and take a break, take a day off. Um, we'll go ahead and meet in person Friday for like an hour or something. No games then either. No games Saturday, Sunday. And then with Monday, uh, RIT having school off and other schools having uh, you know, school off and such, we'll just go ahead and we'll run some sort of boot camp with other teams and we'll sort of make it the final, final hurrah before the season starts next week. And is that through Star League? Uh, that is through CCL, uh, College Call of Duty League. Um, oh, got it. Yep, complete or completely separate of uh, CSL, completely separate of AVGL. It's its own individual uh, league, sort of the same way, I guess, CR6 and CBA, uh, Collegiate R6 and Collegiate PUBG are, or Collegiate Battlegrounds are, my bad. Um, it's sort of just its own entity for the game. Um, and they went from, I think, two colleges and a ton of college students in season zero to roughly 32 colleges competing for season one and will be, I think it's one of two teams, uh, or one of two colleges entering two teams into the league this year. 
That's awesome. And so the season starts next week. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 21st. Yeah. 21st. Games are, I think, stream Tuesday and Thursday, 6, 8, and 10 o'clock uh, Eastern time, except freedom to schedule games are completely on the colleges to figure out what works best, or best for, uh, for all their players. Got it. That's good to know. And I'm guessing that there is just a CCL uh, Twitch channel. Yep. Um, I think the Twitch link is College Cod. Uh, the Twitter link, I think it's College Cod as well. Um, and then I know there's a YouTube channel as well where they hope to add, uh, sort of post the videos of any decent games as well as you know season updates and such. Um, as the lead designer for that as well, I've been having to balance my time between managing and coaching my two teams and also producing all the art assets before uh, season one kicks off. Now, because you have a Call of Duty team or two teams going into that league, do you feel any like obligate or do you feel like you have to balance any bias for like the plays that your teams may make and what content you make for that? You know, I I think I think I've done a, a good job of balancing things as as I can. It's 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 really weird, right? Like, on top of being a part of staff for that league, I also have two teams entering that league. And I, I want to unbiasedly coach my teams the best I can um, because on top of having my own teams, I also know just about every other team in one, you know, some shape, way, or form. Every Like, all the other players competing in the league just because I'm so active in... Uh, college cods individual discord so it, it's it's this really weird scenario where i sort of let you know my assistant manager I, I sort of threw him to the wolves and was like look i i'm going to sort of step away intentionally and i want you to take on uh, this role of leading because i don't know if you've had any experience or what to expect and he's done a phenomenal absolutely phenomenal job at it and uh, i'm sort of just going to continue to trust him uh, doing as much as he can. That's fair. And I, I mean, with 32 teams and you have two of them, there's going to be more than enough highlights, more than enough art to create yeah. and balance out. So it, it should t mostly take care of itself. I was just curious about that that mental perspective that you have going into the season actually starting. Um, well, as of right now, I'm being driven insane. As as any designer would tell you, right before you know a season starts, we've had teams drop, teams join, um, so I've had to go back, and I'm basically as the only designer trying to uh, brand season one and such. Um, I'm running in circles, redoing art assets that I've already had done. I think I've redone, I provided schedules to all 32 colleges uh, two weeks in advance, and in the time frame of those two weeks, I've redone those schedules I think seven times. So it's, it's, it's like 13 to 14 different Photoshop files to reopen, just change a couple of names that I have templated, um, change divisions and such. It's, it, it does drive me insane at times, but I absolutely love it. it it's great. I, I love what I'm doing. I love all the players in the league. I love my own teams uh, competing in the league this year. So as much as I may gripe and you know mentally just sort of feel burnt out at times about it, I, I'm not just going to stop working at, you know, at any point in time uh, I've I've had some awesome help by uh, he's in the league known as J Pro, but his name is John. Um, 
we have this awesome system where I'm not just creating graphics, I'm creating a full-on UI. And he is back-end coding all of it. And I will be putting in my art assets into OBS, and once they're all done, um, JPro, John, will, will take his time, and he will code his own program. That way we aren't even using OBS, we're using Windows Form and, and uh, something customized that he's built for the league for this season um, to dynamically change everything which long-term makes all this worth it because it means I'm not recreating assets every single week. We can just use stuff from folders and, you know, swap stuff in and out and such, which is, which is you know, he, he's my duo in crime at the current point in time. I would not be able to do everything. I would not be able to make everything I've made without him saying, I'm going to code this, or I'll be able to pick this up. You know, you worry about something else. It's going to take me like five, five days just to go ahead and get this working properly the way I want to. Um, you know, sort of with him by my side, we've been able to consistently stay ready for uh, for season one so far. You guys sound like a monster duo. I mean, that's crazy. That is a lot of work. It's it's love, man. I mean, my my end goal. I go to college right now as as a game designer. I've been around games for the however long. I absolutely love gaming and esports and such, and the end goal is esports. And you know, if if you don't know people, then just let the work speak for itself, right? And that's that's really what I'm hoping to try and prove with the way season one will look this year, and with the amount of effort and such that I've put into it, and John has put into it, and all of CCL staff, all the casters, all the management, and everything. Um, we'll just sort of let. The production quality and uh, the games and what we've created speak for itself and let people judge what they see based on all the hard work that we've put in. Sorry for the brief interruption, but at this point in the conversation with Marco, my phone decided to crash, and so we had to kind of pick up where we left off. So forgive the little jump in conversation, but this is just right back where we were able to pick back up on. I mean, getting back to what we were talking about, you are executing as a manager, as a brand manager or a brand advocate in the management and doing a crazy amount of work because you love it and you love esports and you're clearly just on the right path. And I mean, you know people already. Your, your path is set and now it's just, consistency and saying yes to yeah. like whatever opportunities come up and i i will be shocked if you don't see any sort of like significant progress in your career goals over the next two years like that would blow my mind that if you're if, if your quality and your execution is this good and your collaboration is this good like there's no reason for you not to see success whether you're joining a full full organization like uh, Splice or Optic or whoever, or going in and working with Call of Duty, that kind of stuff, like uh, it's it's so ironic you mentioned Splice, right? It's it's so weird. What what? So I know Marty is. I do too. Marty. Yep. I don't I, know Marty. I've, had... I've I've done a podcast with him. But, and I met him at GDC, but like outside of that, I don't know him, but I know he follows RIT and he's very proud of you guys. So, um, it's, it's so ironic, right? I owe, 
I owe a lot of the excitement and drive that I want to put toward or like put forth toward all my projects to two CEOs of two different companies. I owe it A to Marty from Splice, um, and B to Rob Lee from the Pittsburgh Knights. Um I have in in my experience in collegiate esports and such, one of the one things one of one of the things I wanted to do, right, um, this year was to meet everyone else as excited and as driven in collegiate esports as I myself am. And uh, I started this semester, and I think I'm in over 38 to 40 different collegiate esports related servers now at this point. And I know just about every like one person, at least one person in every single one of those servers. Um, because of that, I've also had people come and ask me, you know, how our IT have done things, if they have any advice when it comes to working with administration and such, you know, with with problems as a club or how to move forward. Um, I've networked a ton with all these other people to the point of, as you saw, um, there's now just a small group of us. Uh, it's myself, it's Ron and Stevie, the two other production heads. Um, I think Cole, uh, Rachel, and uh, Sleever or Zeev. Um, I mean, it's, it's gotten to the point that Albert, we're, we're across the country. It's like Pitt, Penn State, or not Penn State, uh, Pitt, CMU, uh, Grand Canyon University. And we're all so driven towards esports and collegiate esports that we have just hang out in a server and we talk collegiate esports whenever we want during the day. It's, it's like we'll talk about how our teams are doing, the, the troubles we face, um, sort of the solutions one another college has, has you know, has tried or has successfully had um, towards overcoming some of the problems that we come up with. Um, I had the awesome opportunity to go down and um, go down and say hi to Rob, who is he is so enthusiastic about esports as a whole, not only his brand but just esports in general. It, it's awesome. Same with Marty. Um, I got the chance. I went to Toronto Defiance uh, release with Ron and Stevie, and we went up to Toronto, drove three hours up north, um, and we were there, and Marty was there, and Marty met all of us, and we met Marty. And it, I will never forget the moment where we're all just talking, and they're releasing the brand, and in the midst of it, Marty looks down at his phone, and he's looking through all of what Twitch is having to say. He's like, oh, dude, this is awesome. Twitch is loving it. It's a, it's a ton of poggers, man. It's a ton of pog or poggers. And he just he he felt like the energy radiating off of him was that of a three year old being given candy. He was so <laughs> into it, so ecstatic, so, just so so happy, so excited toward what him and his organization were doing. That it, it's just it's hard to meet people like that, to meet like Rob and and Marty, and just not it it, it just it hit me right come with that sort of energy and passion if you really love what you're doing because if you don't it just it won't show you know you'll be questioned and such so since then i really attribute a lot of you know bring like the energy and and the willingness to work like this to those two individuals just because i've met them and i mean if they're if they are able to put forth that sort of effort and that sort of energy and love toward esports as a whole then surely my, like I myself, and surely there are others who are doing the same in the collegiate scene, and in some way, shape, or form, we must be able to impact you know the collegiate scene and eventually find our ways into the pro scene. And it's exactly sort of what I'm trying to do and what I've done so far successfully to be determined. But it's just 
it, it was it's just one of those moments that will forever be ingrained in my mind just watching marty be like this this three-year-old you know t- child just receiving a massive chocolate bar and going so ecstatic and being so enthusiastic about uh splice getting involved with overwatch league through toronto defiant it was it's just one of those moments that's a fantastic story and i can absolutely agree with you about marty's energy uh his energy after his gdc panel last year was just it was fantastic and he took the time to just talk with a whole bunch of people and he was laughing like everyone was just friends with him and that energy is infectious and like it to me there's no doubt that, like that's why Spice is seeing so much success like he has put in so much work and but he's still as energetic as ever and as positive as ever and I mean it, that's the kind of people you want to work with or work for and I mean that's a great role model to have when you're trying to get in somewhere like his story, how he got there, it's it's crazy how he got to his role. But I mean, it's no, it's going to be no different than a lot of people who are growing up in esports now, like in collegiate esports. And man, if I had it my way, I'd be snapping people like you and Albert, and like I'd be like, okay, we're starting something in Seattle. Let's do this thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's that energy and that positivity and collaboration and just being willing to celebrate and be excited for the big things as well as the little things and do the, do the devil in the details work like you're doing with your graphic design. Like that's what you got to do. Yeah. It's, we, we owe Marty as a, as RIT esports sort of owes Marty a thank you because uh, I think he came down and helped us sort of produce. Um, he helped us produce a video we made last year. I believe towards the end of semester, sort of uh, looking for donations as a club since we don't really have an income and such. And um, he was a part of that video uh, since he was an RIT grad and such. So he's enthusiastic sort of to work with us as enthusiastic. You know, we are to sort of have the opportunity to work with him and such. It's just, it's so awesome having like him and Rob sort of as like these same people in the industry being so infectious and so energetic about doing what they love. Um, it's just amazing and you know sort of emulating that myself is you know my goal regardless if it's you know making however many art assets or coaching uh, players or you know managing schedules whatever the case may be if the energy and the enthusiasm and love isn't there then uh, I, I really don't know if it'll ever accumulate anything so I do try my hardest sort of to follow what both of them have already shown me uh, and put forth my best or best effort toward doing that yeah i think we can both agree uh based off of our traditional sports backgrounds that you never know when it's over and when it's over you miss it for the longest time i I still miss playing baseball so while you can go hard into something like esports something that you're passionate about you just have to if it's really authentic to you if that's really what you want and you're not you don't have like blinders on to something else that you want more like this is just what you got to do that's why i'm recording a podcast in a little phone booth at work during my lunch break yeah so i mean i know i'll get a little bit more of the club aspect tomorrow but maybe what's what's something that you're looking forward to coming up for rit outside of the college call of duty league starting off next week um so I don't know if you saw, 
but as of I think literally yesterday, RIT announced that it was joining uh, EGF, which is the Electronic Gaming Federation, if I remember correctly. Um, I did not see that. Uh, let me see. I want to just find the specifics of it real fast before I speak too much on it. But it, it was basically us. Um, RIT as a whole, we're finally becoming administrative backed. You know, as this is RIT Esports has been a student driven club for roughly the past two years. Um, we did all all our merch, our merchandise work was all student driven. We did all our outreach was student driven. Uh, the, the funds we have to be able to support players and such is all donations and everything. Um, and it's finally gotten to the level that the university is willing to pull the trigger and say, we're going to back you guys uh, however we can. And in doing so, uh, it was announced, I believe just yesterday, that we have uh, we are getting our own little space. Um, it's six, six PCs, I believe, um, monitors, a small space to go ahead and let players relax and sort of go over stuff as a coach. Um, you know, set up with uh, headphones and everything, which is massive. Because the one of the biggest problems we have uh, RIT Esports originally had was finding space for all of our teams and for all our players. And with RIT investing the money into this uh, and finally getting some sort of physical space to say we can go and practice during these times at this space, or we can go over stuff as uh, you know, sort of. As a team with coaches and managers and student analysts, as everyone is a student, um, it'll just it'll change everything. It allows us to emulate working in a LAN environment, which is something uh, we're it's sort of our Achilles heels, where we'll get someplace, and when it comes time to go to a LAN event, uh, we sort of won't perform well because all of us are practicing together. Every single team is practicing together from their own dorm room or from their apartment or whatever. But this, the physical space that RIT is willing to provide for us should just be a massive game changer as a whole uh, for all the competitive teams uh, in all their respective leagues and such, which is just amazing to look forward to. That is a huge announcement for sure. And that's, I mean, that's going to kick off another pivotal amount of change for the club becoming, I mean, would it become a varsity sport at that team or at that time? That, that's the goal. Um, I won't speak awesome. much on it because I'm sure Evan will go ahead and accurately uh, sort of explain the process and such. Um, but the idea is at that point it would be moved from uh, just, you know, sort of just um, student-driven into something that could potentially be varsity, uh, could potentially provide, or, uh, you know, scholarships and such. Um, I will say, if if I had it my way, and I'm sure others may agree with me, may not, um, it'd be awesome to have certain students playing for certain scholarships. It'd also be awesome if students had the ability to sort of, uh, you know, be a student manager. Because one of the things that's unique about RIT is everyone in the club is a student. There's no, there, there's no athletics, you know, uh, athletics branch stepping in there's no university branch stepping in as of right now and because of that um everyone knows one another and there's a lot more comfort and coachability between one another because all of us like everyone when i say everyone i mean everyone in rit esports 
is driven to improve in however, you know, in whatever way possible. Um, be it as a player, they want to get better. If it's a coach or manager, they want to do what they can to uh, supply what they can to their team. Be it time to practice, uh, be it video review of recent games, uh, individual review, individual um, individual help with certain characters in games. Um, you know, even as broadcasting team of that specific division of RIT Esports, they take time out of the week and they will go and meet with every individual caster, um, the two student managers who are involved with like RIT hockey here and cast games for them. And they'll take time out of the week and teach people what they know um, as being as like a student caster for hockey and transform those skills from hockey into esports and teach any general member how that works and such and give opportunities to them. And it, it would just be awesome to see if, uh, you know, RIT sort of kept the student managers to you know be around um as well as like provide support for us support teams who are not necessarily players but do what we can to build like a website and build uh the branding of what rit esports looks like and such i definitely like that goal because i mean the the more you, you take away control or i mean even just influential power of an organization away from the students and you start inserting people who haven't been part of the culture or who haven't necessarily been as invested i start worrying about like the authenticity and the goals and the structure and where it goes from there i mean it it, it is a it's a definitely a step that you want to take but there's definitely those routes where it could kind of go sour if you're not careful I, that's i mean that's my major hesitation with like the ncaa getting involved is there's a whole library of problems that they would have to solve to address esports but at the same time once you start doing that at a formal level you're going to start most likely removing a lot of the production roles and casting abilities away from students and away from the student life and the student organizations and those roles that we've been talking about your role is one of them even actually yeah it's it's one of those things where as students this is our goal it is i think it's a goal of everyone at rit to become you know university backed in some way shape but at the same time um what we've built is like it it, it is something special to all of us, uh, especially those who've been around and sort of seen it develop. People like uh, Evan Hirsch, the current president, uh, Ron Dodge, the production head. Um, uh, I mean, I, I, could, I could list the names of current admins who have all just been around and slowly watched this develop. Joe, um, sort of just go from, you know, the ideas of seven, eight different people and become, you know, this student-driven club it's it's something we all are happy about creating and we're proud to show off and such and it's it's almost it's like important to us to you know sort of remain it not just being students as players but also allow students to step in positions and call some of the shots when it comes to uh, management and coaching and stuff because we have this relationship already with all the players um, it's you know student life and such Absolutely. Oh, man. Uh, I'm now I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch RIT a little bit closer now to see how this, how this all shapes up over the next few months. Um, boy, that, that kind of, that's kind of a game changer for sure.
Yeah, it's um, I wouldn't say it's scary. It was it was shocking to all of us because the article itself got dropped, and for whatever reason, it just slipped by the minds of all of us that this was going on. We knew something was going on, and when it got dropped, we were like, "Oh wait, they are gonna back us." It's like they they it's it. You know, the rumors we heard from uh, administrators, or like the club admins and such, it was all true. And out of left field, it was announced, oh, we're going to get our own, you know, space. And it looks like the university is going to back, you know, back us and such. And then the thoughts of, well, if the university is going to back us, what's going to mean for everybody in charge? What's, you know, where are their positions going to end up and such? And it would be, it, it would be the dream if the university wanted to work with the students and, you know, we we together sort of pioneered the way our IT esports is, is going to end up in the future. Um, it's one of the things all of us students are hoping for, and it's absolutely awesome to now be one of the, uh, you know another college signed into the EGF with Ohio State University. So I mean, it's, it sort of speaks volumes that RIT is willing to advance themselves um, as an esports faced know university the same way ohio state has done an amazing job at doing and you know all of us students are now sort of in this state of anxiousness where we're all ready to start doing whatever we can uh to sort of push forward whatever content we can or uh you know improvements internally as a club um and get ready for this step ourselves yeah i'll, I'll be excited to hear what you guys end up what doors have ended up opening because of this change and how you feel things have gone six months from now when you're in your after you've had your practice room for so long and seeing what that student involvement's like so expect to check in around summertime we'll see how that goes <laughs> uh, and evan so evan and ron will be the guys to answer all those sort of questions as i will tell you personally i'm just i am so excited that uh rat is willing to you know finally pull the trigger, you could say, and, you know, recognize that the work of all the students in the club, um, they're willing to go ahead and back us. Yeah, that's a huge pat on the back and compliment to the work that y'all have been doing. You, you're doing something so well that the college is putting their reputation on it as well, and they feel like you're going to uphold it and put it farther in the future for the better. Like, that's, that's a big deal. So why don't you take a few moments to do some shout outs if you'd like, or uh, talk about some other events coming up that you're excited about that's going on with RIT and we can wrap it up. Uh, if you're gonna let me do shout outs, then uh, let me let me just open up the long list of people who I'd like to thank for <laughs> being here today. No, um, I mean, honestly, in the position that I am right now, doing everything that I'm doing, the people know who they are um, that I've met through gaming and such. Uh, Clyde, Michael, uh, Omen, Tyler, um, Tim. I mean, all the guys I used to game with in high school are currently uh, off enjoying themselves at uh, somebody's wedding tomorrow. And I'd be out there if I could be, but I'm still, you know, full-time student and such, and I can't exactly leave the university. I hope everything, you know, you guys are doing out there, meeting each other and all, will end up being awesome. Um, Ron and Stevie are practically my family, uh, and I've, I've already spoken about Rob and, uh, and Marty. Them two probably don't realize how much influence they've had on me, and I doubt it'll cross their minds that, you know, they really have the power 
to influence people in the scene like this. But it's 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 very lightening to see people bring the sort of energy that they do towards their individual organizations and such. Um, because most of the time, it's it's very rare to get interaction with any sort of uh, CEO. At least I've found it is rare to like interact with people within professional esports organizations and them taking their time out of their day and uh, choosing to be as enthusiastic and love what they do and just you know energize everyone else around them. It's just it's awesome. Um, also, I sort of owe a thank you to you. Um, ironically, uh, the you know I spoke about it, Rachel um sleever albert myself and you know that sort of group of us are currently in the process of setting up a podcast ourselves sort of um i I think it'll be called or called the uh the podcast of all things um yep we we sort of owe it on you on uh sort of being like oh wait it's actually not a bad idea um whenever you reached out to us over twitter and such it all it's just hit our minds that we talk about collegiate esports all the time we can sort of do this ourselves if we want so we're in we're sort of behind the scenes setting that up uh, right now as well and hopefully that will be released within the next like month and a half um and if it goes well it may even end up with its own panel uh at a LAN event carnegie mellon is hosting next semester next october i believe which would be awesome so we, we sort of owe that to you even though you may not realize it uh, that's awesome. Thank you. And thank you for letting me know. That's fantastic. And if there's any way I can help out, let me know. I'm happy to support you guys as I've been doing with this podcast and hopefully continue going down in the future. And who knows, maybe I'll be talking with you guys later on that panel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's awesome. It's it's exciting to see you get involved with the Collegiate Esports Network, seeing what they're trying to do like modernize the way all us college students are talking to each other too. It was nice to see, uh, you know, um, I don't know what exactly the partnership is, but it, it's nice to see you guys sort of supporting one another as well. Absolutely. We'll, we'll figure that out. I do want to do some like original content for them. They're hosting my podcast. So they'll be hosting this one uh, as soon as it's up in a couple of weeks. And so, I mean, that's where we're at right now, but we'll see how that relationship goes and, I'm looking forward to the future, and I'll be your first subscriber to your podcast. <laughs> Appreciate it. Glad to know somebody's willing to listen. Just be college students and talk about what's going on at our respective clubs and such. Anything and everything for esports. Yeah, exactly. All right. Any last words? Uh, nothing on my end. All right. With that, thank you, Marco, for joining us. And I look forward to seeing what RIT is doing in the future. Make sure to share the podcast with your friends and family. Video games and esports are huge industries, and I'm sure you know someone who knows someone who wants to get into either of those spaces. And I believe that this podcast will bring value to them and insight and help when they feel like they need it. Let them know to check it out at anchor.fm slash the summoning hour. If they like it or if you like what you hear, you can download the Anchor app and leave feedback directly for me and it'll get incorporated into the podcast. Alternatively, you can reach me at Warlocker Call, all one word on Twitter and Instagram and Twitch and Mixer or two words on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks again and we'll catch you next time on The Summoning Hour.